All right, let's do this. Let's hit the books. Part of the Hammer Betting Network alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Joey Kanish. I'm merely Brad Powers. Before we already get to week 11 already of the college football season, we'll always take a look back at what we just witnessed as far as week 10. And, of course, at the end of the show, if you want to follow or fade, because the last few weeks haven't been great, including last week, uh, another two and three performance, we'll have best bets at the end of the show. First and foremost, Mr. Kanish, I do it each and every week. I do it a lot of weeks after losses. But how about your Detroit Lions? I actually faded them last week. Got my ass kicked. I mean, is this a second half turnaround? Uh, does this team have a chance to, you know, to, to, to make the Vikings uh, to get going there? I mean, listen, I know uh, the excitement is back. Danny Campbell coached them up and, uh, hey, got a few healthy bodies back. Ended Aaron Rodgers' career in Detroit on Sunday. Uh, I'm, I'm hearing he's uh, he's gonna just gonna do Joe Rogan podcast after this. Uh, what a, what a, what a phenomenal effort! Um, and you have you have time to get excited again, baby. Did you bet on him or against him? Because there's a lot of money on Green Bay last week. I actually I did not have a uh, any any action uh, in that one. Uh, unfortunately, I should have got back on the wagon. So. Nothing on that one for me. Uh, just just got to enjoy, uh, of, you know, seeing the first, like, terrible Green Bay. I thought I was, like, 35 years old, been my entire life. I haven't seen a bad Green Bay team. Uh, and finally, I, I got to enjoy uh, a Packers team that, that just sucks. One more. I know this is a college football show, and we'll talk college football for an hour straight. College basketball wins tonight. Are you personally doing anything in college hoops? Uh, I, I, I bet a lot of college shoots for people. I was uh, out late at casinos last night betting uh, teams that I don't know. I don't actually hang. I just I just fill orders for college hoops. Um, I don't actually like watching college basketball or taking part in college basketball. But, yeah, I uh, have a lot of money. I, one of those things that is kind of nice where I just make the bets. The bets go into the accounts. I don't watch the games. I don't follow the games. I just look at the sheet at the end of the week. There's no sweats or any of that. Um, unlike this sport where I'm living and dying with the results. So a little more stress-free. Uh, how about you? Very similar situation. Everyone's asking me, hey, college hoops start. Need your picks. I'm like, I don't have any picks. Uh, no. Here's some people to follow because more more likely than not, I'm following. If I'm betting, I'm following. I, I don't originate. I mean, I like to originate. I, I like to – I like the sweat, college football, college basketball. No, I mean, see me in March is what I told people. Uh, I'll originate <laughs> yeah. then, where I, it can be just simple handicapping one on one when it comes to conference tournaments and, and and March Madness. So, yeah, I'm similar situation. Although I will say this to anybody out here watching this: if you have a limited bankroll and you are just in the business and wanting to make money, I'm here to tell you: take a couple small conferences and college hoops, studying them. And this time of year, especially in November and December, you can know more than the market on small college basketball games. Just telling you. I like college football, though. And speaking of college football, we had a bunch of big games and big-time surprises, big-time performances. We'll start with the game at least coming into the week that we thought was going to be the biggest game, or at least making the most noise, that being Tennessee-Georgia. Georgia, from start to finish, the better team. In fact, I was a little disappointed they kept the foot off the gas pedal offensively against Tennessee. 
I'm going to ask you this because this is the situation I was in with with regards to this game over the weekend. Uh, it, it was a it only happens a couple times a year where I didn't have much on it. Sure, I had a little bit of Georgia, a little bit under, but I was rooting for the industry to win. And what, what do I mean by the industry? I mean any podunk redneck hillbilly was seeing Tennessee getting more than a touchdown and wanting to bet the volunteers. Anytime that type of stuff happens, I hope those guys with eight teeth in their mouth get their remaining eight teeth kicked down their throat. So I was happy Georgia won and covered because I didn't want to hear how great Tennessee was uh, for another week. I know you. we both had a lot of future liabilities. Hendon Hooker, Heisman probably up and might be up in smoke. Tennessee to win the SEC, up in smoke. I get all that. A lot of liability lost in that game, but just me personally – I was kind of happy to see Georgia win. You, you know, I, I obviously, you know, I would have liked the bit. I would have liked the Tennessee to be a little bit more competitive or get out to a hot start, so I could have taken some some live risk off there. But yeah, I mean, as it was one of those that you know, as the game got closer, uh, especially if you you know you follow the markets and that, um, you, you had a feeling uh, that that you know Georgia was was definitely the the you know the side to be on. Um, I would have, especially for hooker tickets, as we've said, you know, I it's hard to see a pathway now for him to get there. Um, I will say, the one thing, and so I, I I did make a futures bet after this game. Want to get your opinion on it. All right. I think with Bama losing and Clemson losing, Tennessee has three poverty opponents left. I think 11-1 Tennessee is in the playoff. I bet some 25-1. to one. I don't think that I, I think their path is super clear now, and I don't think that I think they're getting in over one loss Michigan if the Michigan loses Ohio State. I think Big Twelve cannibalize itself. ACC's out. I think they're in. Like I, I really would be to get to the playoff. No, no, no. Twenty-five to one. To, yeah, I think oh, okay. the win the net. I think they are in. I think they're. In, I think they're going to win out, and I think they're in. Well, I mean, certainly. I mean, they got three, you know, the tomato cans left. So, yeah, I can see that, certainly. I mean, the results, look, it was a bad Saturday afternoon for Tennessee. It was a good Saturday night for Tennessee uh, with those two uh, games, and we'll get to those two games. I, I could definitely see it. And, look, a one-loss SEC team is going to get the benefit of the doubt. You're right. They would have been third in the pecking order had Alabama won out and beat Georgia. And Georgia having that win over Tennessee, Tennessee would have fell third in that line. I do, we'll – Talk about these games, but TCU, people expecting them to, to win out. Not happening, folks. They're, there's a reason they're a touchdown underdog this week. Uh, Pac-12 probably beat up on each other, and I'm just not sure. You know, the good thing that, you know, if Oregon wins out, then, then you can compare losses to Georgia for Oregon and Tennessee. All right, one team lost by 46, the other lost by 14. So I think that would be a little trump card for Tennessee. So as I'm talking – I can see your position. I've talked myself into it that I think Tennessee has a pretty good shot of still making the play. And I don't again. I don't think they're going to win the national title. I either obviously I think they'll be you know, be a dog go high touchdown dog go Ohio State would you know a Georgia rematch would be tough. But I just that like they you know going into the weekend they're ten to one, twelve to one the wish they come out even after the loss and are probably in a better position. Um, to, to make the playoff now. Like, I, I don't, I, I just don't see a scenario if they win the remaining three games that they're going to get left out. Um, a lot of, uh, you know, you, TCU would have to win out. 
Michigan would have to beat Ohio State, uh, Oregon, or USC. One of those teams have to win out. All, like, you need a number of things to happen, I think, for them not to get in. Um, And I don't think then they'll get matched up in a rematch with Georgia. So, like, I think the committee would want them to play probably in Ohio State or Michigan. Like, so I I like their position better uh, from a futures perspective and obviously a better number coming out of the weekend, even with the loss. Well, I'll tell you what, you've talked me into it. Uh, after this broadcast is over, I'm going to shop and look for the best future spot for Tennessee. I hear you. I You don't do that too often. Look, you're a man of many opinions, and you're a man with no filter, and I appreciate it. I catch strays sometimes. Uh, if you follow Twitter <laughs> in the last week, you'll know what well, I'm talking we about. Got, yeah, there were some strays yeah, coming at you from uh, different angles there on this week. Hey, I'm man, I thought – I thought it was funny. I mean, I think you can be pretty funny, to be honest with you. Your bluntness and your storytelling can be really funny. I, I appreciate following you on Twitter, even if I t- catch a couple strays. Uh, <laughs> moving along, another big game. How about the balls? That's right, the balls, Brian Kelly, to go for two. Honestly, had he converted or not converted it, it was the right call. I, I, I understand. You're an underdog. You got one play to beat Alabama who was already, I mean, confused defensively. Even after they called timeout, they couldn't line up right. And LSU pulls a a big-time offset. Double-digit underdog wins outright. Death Valley was rocking. I'm not saying that they were clearly the better team, but they were clearly the the, the right side from start to finish because I'm here to tell you Bryce Young didn't have it from start to finish for Alabama, starting with that early interception in the end zone. I mean, he completes less than 50% of his passes. And a guy that I love to hate, uh, yeah. big win for Brian Kelly. One of, uh, one of his biggest wins of his entire career to beat Saban in year one. There he I, is. I, I tell you, I like the the LSU of six <laughs> weeks ago when we thought Brian Kelly was going to crash and burn. Uh, and now, now the guy's got man. He still he, can. He's in, he's in the driver's seat to make the SEC title in year one. Um, and I, I will give him, like, the, the, the improvement you've seen in this LSU team from – uh, after their initial loss, when you've got some of the, the you know, Keyshawn Bouti trying to quit the team and guys, yeah. you know, where they're going to leave the portal to, uh, to be able to somehow get rally the troops uh, and get them playing good football here uh, as we go into November. Very impressive. I mean, that's 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 what you pay the guy the big bucks for. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how he does it. I don't know. I, don't, I wouldn't want to follow the man into the trenches, but... Uh, I gotta give him all the credit in the world for that one. Um, and are we seeing? I'm gonna ask you this uh, for a different game that we both had bet on here in a minute. But are we seeing the initial chinks in the the Alabama relinquishing the throne as the top team of college football? Uh, and and d- d- does Nick Saban? How much longer does he coach? It looks like they've lost their position on top. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of factors, including the NIL stuff, that make other powers even more competitive with them. Is this the kind of the the start of the the kingdom uh, falling apart here for Alabama? It is I, honestly, I think the start started happening when we like look back at it five, six years from now. I think it started last season because I started looking at their performances the last two years. We're not ta- we're not overreacting to one game, one loss for Alabama on the final play. There's like 10 games the last two years where big-time opponents, whether most of them on the road, where Alabama's fallen short of expectation, that being the spread by more than 10 points per game 
in these games. And these are big games. You can't question, ah, oh, they're a 42-point favorite and only one by 31 type of stuff. We're talking the biggest games of the year consistently, game after game, Alabama falling short. Not doing the li- – it's the little things for me, man. Uh, says they're not well coached. Penalties, pre-snap penalties, uh, just the turnovers, just that they're not clean. They don't look – I mean, if you're an Alabama fan, do you really enjoy watching this team the last two years? I wouldn't. I mean, they, they're frustrating to watch. I think at the very least he's going to fire both coordinators at the end of this season. But come on. I mean, the one thing you can count on, I mean, look, Saban's the GOAT, but Father Time's the, the actual GOAT. And he's going to be 72. Yeah. And he's going to probably be, you know, redoing the coaching staff yet again. I, I just – and here's the thing. He's got more competition. Brian Kelly just beat him in year one. Uh, Brian Kelly's going to have a better roster starting next year. That's going to be tough. Who who does Auburn hire? Say they hire Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze has already beaten Saban multiple times, and now he's going to be at Auburn at, at a better place, at least with more money than Ole Miss. I I mean I don't see it. I mean the SEC's tougher. Uh, I mean obviously Georgia. Look, I mean when you compare what Georgia's defense did against yeah. Tennessee compared to Alabama, Georgia is what Alabama was for a decade. How they play, well, you know they're clean. And here's the thing, Georgia's not relying on a bunch of transfers year in and year out. Georgia just lost 15 guys in the draft, and yet they shut down that Vaughn and Tennessee offense. So I'm with you. I th- This is it. I mean, I really, truly believe this is it because the reality is without Bryce Young, Alabama's an 8-4, and 9-3 and three team each of the last two years. Yeah. That shouldn't be the case with all that five-star talent. I don't care who the quarterback is. No, and I hear – and I'll probably the- – Trip uh, Tepper there in the con- it, It's not. We're not saying that Alabama is like going to be this like four win like you know like oh the yeah, program's right. a disaster. We're talking about them being at the pinnacle on the top of the mountain. National title favorite every year is probably done. And as yep. you said, like you've seen these legendary coaches, whether it be uh, you know the Joe Paternos uh, or the Bobby Bowdens. Once you once you cross that into the set, like. It's just hard to keep it churning there once you get over the 70s. And then Saban's done it longer and better than, than most. But uh, you've even seen the, you know, what Belichick here as he's getting, uh, you know, up there. Like, it's just hard to keep that elite level of play uh, as and just your overall organization as you get into your 70s. Um, and and I, I think the recruiting thing is a bit – I think it's – it is going to be harder every year for him to recruit, uh, especially with their staff turnover and the other NIL stuff going on. Um, just going to be just going to be harder for him to do. Uh, and so, yeah, I think their their time as uh, being you know the unchallenged number one is is just over with. One other thing I mentioned the trip uh, in the comments. Alabama lost two coin flip games. I'll say they won two coin flips against Texas and Texas A and M. I don't know if they beat Texas if Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt. And Texas A&M, we're down to the final play. They're throwing in the end. Well, they should be throwing in the end zone Jimbo with a shitty play call. <laughs> I mean, if you have a creative play call there, you, you probably lose to A&M. So, I mean, again, I don't think we're overreacting. Go back through it. Go look at the results from last year and this year. There's literally like 10 games where Alabama, it's like a one-possession type of game. That was not the case. Just a matter of, you know, the 2020 season when they beat everybody by four touchdowns per game. I mean – 72. I mean, to, to, to re get it going at 72. I know what it's like, you know, going into 40 compared to what it was at 30. I can't imagine doing it at 72. 
I, even though he's probably in better shape than I am at, at 72. <laughs> there, but uh, let's move on to another game, and it's going to lead me into best bets because I forgot to mention them. I mean, I, I didn't skip over them because we, we, we had a two and three day. I skipped over it purposely because we're going to talk about a best bet loser, Clemson. We had Clemson on the show. Uh, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm not surprised that it lost or Notre Dame won. I'm just surprised how it went down. If you would have gave me a stat line that Drew Pine would throw for less than 100 yards in the game, I'd be like, that sounds right. He stinks. Yep, yep. And, look, I mean, some some people might say, well, Notre Dame got a pump block touchdown. Notre Dame got a 96-yard a pick six. I mean, take those out. It's a close game. No, I'm here to tell you it wasn't that close watching that game. Notre Dame manhandled Clemson at the line of scrimmage. And for Clemson to be awful by, I mean, in the national title picture – and to get manhandled against a team that's, you know, playing offense with, with, with one arm tied behind their back. They can't throw the football. How does that happen? I mean, that was, to me, as a program for Clemson, that was a program, like, earthquake-type game, meaning, like, I mean, that should shake them to their core. Like, something's really messed up here. And I'm not sure it's, a, you know, a, oh, a one-off game. That's something that, that reverberates well into the offseason. I just – I'm totally stunned what Notre Dame did to Clemson. Uh, unfortunately for the backers, including myself, that I mean, no chance in hell. In fact, my dumbass even bet Clemson in the second half minus three, thinking that, oh, I got some here. They'll come back. You know, I, I still don't believe in Drew Pine. They'll come back, make it a game. No, they didn't. No, a, I mean, I think that this is year two of, of the offense being like functionally broken. Uh, of And I know they, they, you know, Tony Elliott leaves uh, and, you know, took his stench to Virginia, but it, it, it's nothing as uh, they haven't. I don't know what they're, and this is where Dabo gets himself, and we just talked about Alabama falling off on the pinnacle here of, of Dabo being a guy who likes to keep it internal, very much a loyalist, keep the staff. I don't know if they can fix this offense internally um, or, or they right. need to go outside uh, and make – I don't know if he's willing to do that or willing or able to do that. Um, it, it's still – right. It is a – I totally agree with Ryan B. Stale offensive scheme. Um, don't have an elite quarterback. And I'll tell you right now, uh, you know, I know everybody like DJU, we got a call for club – Klubnik is not ready. He, he's not Trevor not Lawrence. Ready. He is no. not ready to come. You've seen him come into multiple games this year, and nothing's really changed uh, in terms of the offensive effectiveness. So they don't have the, the same wide receiver talent. The scheme is stale. They've never been a team that's produced a ton of elite offensive line uh, talent here. And I got Will Shipley is a nice college player. He's not an elite uh, a guy that you can just uh, – you know, like do what Blake Horms doing in Michigan, where you can just hand him the ball thirty times a game, and that's your offense. He's not that level of player. Um, yep. And I don't. I again, I'm. I will be. This is this is going to be a critical off season for Dabo because they they need to if they don't change something. And you go into next year, uh, and I tell you what, what's keeping him afloat is the ACC is an absolute yep. dumpster. Um, so if that change, you know, if Florida State keeps coming up or you get, uh, what if Miami can, uh, I don't know. I know they're spending a lot of money that, that, that they might as well throw into the, the Atlantic Ocean. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm just telling you, like, again, it's for different reasoning than what we talked about with Alabama. But Clemson here, you're seeing some cracks in the foundation that they need to make changes this offseason. I don't think he does because it's only one year. 
And you heard him in the post game say, it's not like we're five and three or four and four. We're eight and one. And obviously they're going to be favored in their last three games. So uh, I think the schedule is actually not doing them any favors. You mentioned the ACC stinks. I mean, very, I mean, last year's team in another conference probably loses five games instead of three. This year's team's a three, four loss team in another conference. I'm even talking if he's in a Pac 12. I mean, the ACC is the worst power five conference right now in college football. So he's getting yeah. propped up by then. I don't think he makes changes because that'll, he admits weakness. Oh, I made a mistake. One year he gets rid of the guys that he just promoted from within. I think he probably gives it another year. That'll be another mistake and get some further behind. So um, as a college football fan, I'm actually happy that Alabama and Clemson are showing some chinks. It's time for some new blood up there at the top. I mean, I, as a fan of the sport, I'm actually Great. enjoying it. Uh, didn't enjoy Saturday night with a Clemson no. ticket, but, you know, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, another couple games I want to get to. Uh, Liberty, Hugh Freeze, who already mentioned his name, going into Arkansas and winning that game. You know, I'm, I'm a lot of the talks about him possibly getting a bigger job. Why isn't the talk on Liberty being the, the team to get the New Year's Six game? I don't get that because their only losses by one point against Wake Forest, the team that they should they should have won the game. It was turnovers that did him in in that game. I mean, he's got a third string quarterback and he beats Arkansas, legitimately beats them. Uh, they, I mean, if they want out, depending on Tulane's situation, I mean, if Tulane doesn't win out and has two losses, if they're the only one loss, you know, non power five team, why isn't Liberty the choice? I mean, that's just me. That's a little soapbox there. Uh, no, did I you get- catch that game at all? I, I, I did. I cur- as soon as I, uh, you know, uh, like it was turning into a potential upset special, I, uh, I, I put it on. Um, and I, I mean, this is, you know, like I, again, Hugh. I put Hugh Freeze in my, in my personal feeling, the Brian Kelly bin of guys who I'm not a huge <laughs> fan of on a personal. Like, he's kind of a whack job, but the man can coach football. I give him credit. I mean, this is a guy that lost. A uh, you know a, a a second round NFL quarterback and they're better this year and yeah. they've been down to their QB three and QB four in some games and they're a better team this year and he's doing it at a place that uh you know I, I, I'm not, not the easiest place to recruit um and I mean I, I got to give him all the credit he I I get. I know it's got to be the right place to take a, to take a, you know, there's only some jobs that are going to take on Hugh Freeze because, um, you know, he's an eclectic personality and it's got to be, I, I think it's got to be a, a Southern school and, and all that. But uh, the man can coach, the man can coach football. So I, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see if, if Auburn rolls the dice there, but yeah, I, I got to give him all the credit in the world for uh, the, the team not taking, losing Malik Wheelis and being better this year uh, than they were last year. So, yeah, I agree with it. it, it especially with the, with that win, that they, they, I, they, no other G5 team being super elite, why not? Let me ask you this. Put yourself in his shoes. You just signed an eight-year guaranteed $40 million contract. You're at Liberty. You can go eight and four and be okay there. Would you take uh, an SEC job with all the pressure. I mean, I guess you got to ask yourself, is money that important to you? Uh, I don't know if professional gamblers are the ones to ask with that, but uh, <laughs> money good enough, or do you just want to win the national title? So he's got to ask himself that, but I'll be honest with you, $5 million a year at a job like that, where, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm leaving. I, well, what say you? What's your answer to that? 
You know, it's. I mean, he's definitely like. Uh, uh, you know, we don't. You know, do, we don't want to get religious or pub, but he's you know obviously a very religious guy, which which works at Liberty, and I think some of his past transgress. Like, he's not a guy who can take a Pac-12 job or something. Yeah. You know, he's got to be in the right area, which I think Liberty is a good spot for him. As you said, uh, you know, he's getting paid pretty well. Uh, they they're putting some money into the program. The expectations are different. Um, but, you know, coaches just, they seem to be wired differently. We're like, yeah. you know, they want to go. He, he's been to the SEC. He can come back and play at a school that, that can probably compete for a national title. Um, so I agree with you. I think, you know, from uh, if outside looking in, he's in a great spot. Do I think, though, he'll, he'll end up rolling the dice uh, for a bigger job eventually, if not this offseason? Yes. Let's talk about another coach with a big contract uh, in your neck of the woods. I tell you, uh, the world was against them last week, and rightfully so, for what happened in, in the post game tunnel there up in Ann Arbor. Market was certainly against Old Sparty last week. The line moved yeah. a touchdown against them. They go into Illinois and went out right there. Uh, box score said they probably should have lost, but I would say this: they were clearly the right side. Uh, you gonna give any? You gonna dap up your boy Tuck? Tuck? Cumber, no, you know what? No? I'm, I'm- I was say I, I was a you know Mark D'Antonio was in the Brian Kelly bin for me of of, of hated coaches that I would uh, I, I don't I don't even, I think he's a reasonable you know the 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 issue for Mel Tucker is he got paid like he's a top three coach in the country he's not a top three he's just not a bad it's like you give a you know like a MLB player a three hundred million dollar contract and then and then you if he's not the best player in the league he's getting criticized so I think the the Tucker criticism comes from the fact. That, that that somebody at Michigan State decided to give him a hundred million dollars guaranteed. So if he had a more reasonable deal, I don't think he would get the same scrutiny. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, he's recruiting pretty well. Great job rallying the troops there. Um, and again, I think he's a above average football coach. Is he a guy who I'd want on the hook for you know ten years, hundred million? No, but he does. I will. They they need to switch out some. I, I again, this is where I don't know. How loyal they need to switch out some coordinators there. Uh, I think the Scotty Hagelson DC is is not working out. Um, but he's recruiting pretty well. Good job getting the team rallied back up. Um, and probably I think it's a it's a team that that he took over when Mark D'Antonio was done there. There was not a lot a lot of left in the cupboard. Um, and so he's had to bring in you know a ton of these massive portal classes, and that's tough. To, that's not really how you want to build a team. Um, and so it worked last year with Kenneth Walker. Hasn't worked as well this year for talent wise. So, but I think he'll, he's going to bring some guys in. So they should be back on the on the on the trending up. There he is, Crestman. Finally, I was wondering where he was uh, today. Uh, I agree. There he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tuck coming, baby. Yeah. They're trying to flip uh, Oregon's five. So I don't know if I don't know if. Uh, Michigan Sparty's got the money for Dante Moore, but they're they're giving it a I was go. Gonna, I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't know if you filed recruiting. I'm hearing whispers of that too. Holy uh, cow! That, they, that uh, would be talk about earth shattering. I mean, if they got the money to get him to stay relatively close to home, oh my goodness, that would be a that'd be a program changing recruit if they got Dante Moore, especially away from the Nike money. I know. Well, there's a, a guy, a Michigan state, big booster. His name's Matt Ishbia. Uh, he owns United wholesale mortgage. He's actually trying to buy a, a pro, uh, either a pro football team, pro basketball team right now. He's the one who bankrolled the tuck contract. He's pumping a lot of money into the, the program. So they're doing some, some unique stuff with NIL and, 
Dante Moore was a you, you've heard that too about Dante Moore. I thought it was just yeah. some message blur aboard. Yeah, no. Yeah. So he, I mean, he was a guy who what when when things start when he didn't get the Notre Dame position when CJ Carr went up to there. Who what schools did he go visit? Miami, LSU, A and M, Oregon. What does that mean to me? That means you want to get paid. So yeah. what did he do? He went to the one of the schools he got paid. So if a school close to home is going to match that, maybe it, it's a possibility. I would say unlikely because of the way Oregon's playing and you know their offense and Phil Knight being able to match that. But hey, they're throwing their hat in the ring. Why not? That's why I'm doing this show because on a betting show you don't get in the weeds on recruiting too much, and that's why <laughs> he is the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Joey Kanish. Uh, another team, another first-year coach, speaking of NIL, because since we're, we're, we're talking about it, NIL hasn't, you know, made a difference. It's made a difference on the recruiting trail, not on the field, though. I know. I mean, the going. Miami Hurricanes, are. I. it's as bad of a run as I've seen any <laughs> team ever. I don't care about first year. I'm just talking about relative to market expectation. Eight straight non-covers by nearly 16 points per game. I mean, it is bad. I tweeted on Saturday. I think Manny Diaz is better than Mario. I mean, the, the team didn't quit last year, at least. Uh, I that it, it is. There's not no redeeming quality to lay your hat on. With that being said, I bet them this week. I, I bet them plus three. <laughs> and I think. I mean, it's like they're money. they're like <laughs> model breaking the. This is like how the you know the triple option has has like broken the pot. I mean, they're they're. They're playing so far below their roster and expectation. It's like, you know, like just just impossible of like going up uh, again. I mean, it was again Van Dyke gets ruled in and Miami gets steamed again through the seven. Um, yeah. I mean, there was even like, there was real big money taking that down. I mean, Circa popped to five and a half before the game. To move from yeah. seven to five and a half at Circa on Saturday and out before the game takes a lot of money. It was pouring in, and again, they. I mean, that game was over in sixty seconds. Like, I, I don't know. I get. I mean, like I said, I know they've they pumped so much money into those. You know, Cristobal and Gaddis and the recruiting class. You have to bring them back. It's like it's so bad where it's like how it's like the first year quarterback you bring in who's just so terrible that you can't really see. You like, is this ever gonna? Is this ever gonna happen? Can you see the light at the end of the tunnel? I don't know if I can see it. Like, it's been that bad, and the culture is that poisonous where, like, as you said, these guys have – they're not even – like, you watch that game against Florida State, like, guys aren't even, like, going in for blood, challenging blocks or anything. This team wow. has straight quit. I don't know. And maybe they have enough to, as you said, I mean, to, to open up a three-point dog to a Georgia Tech team that, like, is in the absolute – I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know. I mean, they're going to bring them back because they have so much money, but I don't know if I can see it. Even even if they give, you know, $600 million to this recruiting class, I don't know if I can see it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's necessarily a great idea, though. Let's give a bunch of recruits half million, million dollars. It ain't working for Jimbo in Texas A&M because uh, those guys are, you know, have a, I, I got a million dollars in the bank. I'm going to smoke. Jimbo's not letting me play. I'm going to smoke a blunt in the locker room. I don't care what he says. I got, no. I got a million dollars in the bank. And even then, I question his X's and O's. So I think it, it, it's a bad, bad situation. That I don't. I mean, yeah, sure, it'll get a little bit better. But I mean, he was hired to win conference championships. They're nowhere near that. Are you kidding me? And don't say, don't give me this year one crap because Mike Elko at Duke. I mean, kicked their ass. So and he's right, in year right. one. 
And he inherited an absolute dumpster fire. I mean, Duke was literally non-competitive in any ACC game last year. So, yeah, they got their work cut out for him, to say the least. Uh, another one, Onion Man in the chat. I saw that pop up. Eight to one, Miami to win the ACC. I have that ticket. In fact, I ran out of toilet paper a couple weeks ago. So that's what, where, where that one went. Uh, a couple more I want to uh, get to, and then I'll ask you if there was any other games. Best bets, Arizona State, UCLA over, easy. Navy by you, really good call. Navy, in fact, missed a couple field goals, easy winner. San Diego State, a little short, but damn, Texas Tech was up. That was, that's the one that, like. That bothered me, man. I think they would have won the game. I think they would have should, like, live if, like, Burn Morton stays in there. I think they, they were outplanked. And then why did they go to Tyler Shuck instead of oh. Donovan Smith? He hadn't played in forever. He's terrible. He was awful. Why? Well, yeah, I don't. Was, I don't understand look, why would Smith has played like half the season. I, I I don't get it. Morton plays the whole game. I think again, you're right. Texas Tech wins the game outright, and that was still with an 82 yard punt return touchdown and stuff with TCU. I mean, I just I want to fade the hell out of TCU. <laughs> and then I mean, we'll get to this game, but I mean, I'll just mention it briefly. And then I mean, they correctly get a seven point underdog <laughs> this week against Texas. I got to think that 15, 20 years ago, that not that line ain't seven, right. maybe three Texas. Right. Uh, so yeah, TCU's overrated. It's it's a shame we lost that one. Uh, really is. But I did want to give you props for the Navy. I I was on the other side actually, uh, and Navy clearly was the right side. So kudos, tip my tip my cap to you. Is there any other games that caught your eye uh, this weekend before we talk uh, week eleven? You know, I. I... I'm a little bit confounded now uh, of uh, what's going to happen here in the uh, in the AAC because uh, there's some key key games going on this this weekend. Um, and I know Tulane, you know, has looked good, but they they again they another cover, another win versus Tulsa. But now they've got this stretch of UCF, SMU, who's obviously hit stride, uh, and then Cincinnati at the end of it. So. Uh, AAC totally up for grabs here, and I don't know how it's going to play. I don't even have a uh, – I, I, they could win any of those games. They could lose any of those games. Yep. Um, so that's one that uh, that I am very interested to see uh, how, the, how that plays out here, AAC down the stretch. Well, let's get into it then. Let's talk that game, UCF Tulane. I, I'll, I have an outside-the-box type of thought there. I mean, Tulane's an early favorite. Over's gotten money. I am part of the over. They op- I mean, Circa opened 47.5. Come on, that was a bad line. Yeah, they didn't have too many bad. I made forty-eight bets, but there wasn't a lot where I said, "Oh, this is just terrible." That was probably one out of a couple uh, that that I took advantage of. My outside the box handicap here, and I'll wait and see if a three pops. I'm gonna be on UCF. I think Mikey Keene's better than John Rice Plumley. He's more consistent. Uh, I mean, certainly John Rice Plumley has a higher ceiling, but he's got a lower floor. He turns the football over. He struggles in the past game. Mikey Keene won a bunch of games for UCF last year. He's won already a couple games for him this year. Uh, I kind of like UCF in the game. I mean, Tulane, there's going to be a lot of publicity around that game, hoopla. UCF is a program is used to it. I mean, so I, I kind of like UCF here, but I'm going to wait and see if I can get a three out of it to, to, to get to the window there. What say you? Yeah, no, we're aligned there. Uh, we're kind of waiting to see uh, if a three pops uh, to bed. I, I, you know, Plumlee is one. He's he's he has such obvious deficiencies uh, in the past game that that I think a good Tulane defense would be able to to control them. So I agree with. You. I'm I'm kind of leaning towards hoping it's Keen um, and be more bullish on UCF. Than it is because I mean because he was. 
he was legitimate and against a you know a Memphis team that again not a great defense but I mean they don't they don't win or cover that game without that type of passing offense uh against a Memphis team that that can you know really score I was on the wrong side of that when I had some Memphis um so hey, right so the market downgraded UCF three points that, that I disagree with you you can say oh he might be a slight downgrade he's not a three-point downgrade so for sure for sure no I agree with that um and so yeah I think he, he gives them a little bit more uh you know, schematic flexibility for them uh, to do more on offense because they, they were super, you know, the games they've lost this year, they're just super limited if Plumlee, um, you know, isn't able to isn't able to run. And, you know, again, they'll put up 70 spots on teams that, that can't defend or, yeah. you know, have trouble with the tempo. But, um, yeah, so that's one that, uh, yeah, I agree with you. Kind of waiting on to see if uh, three pops there and probably uh, lean the UCF side. That one is at 3.30 on ESPN2. Let's go 3.30 CBS. I'm anxious to hear your take on this one. I didn't get to the window on the side yet because I don't know how to react. Alabama's at Ole Miss. Alabama's laying 11 and a half. I did bet the under is up at 66 and a half. I don't know. I just, just a pure numbers bet for me. Uh, markets agreed so far. We'll see what happens later in the week. Typically, Alabama off a loss. I'm running the window to bet Alabama. They've covered eight straight in that role by double digits per game on average. I don't know this time. They're out of it. No playoff. It's gone. I, so I don't know what the motivation is. I mean, I can, I'm not a big guy about quitting uh, during the season, but I mean, does Bryce Young need to play the rest of the season? I mean, I don't know. I just, I could see him not really wanting to play. I mean, I get it. Saban, uh, you, you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I mean, Ole Miss is off a bye. I think we mentioned part of the reason why we think the dynasty of Alabama being clear cut number one is kind of, over with. I think that these other teams are smelling blood in the water. They're, they're, they, Alabama's not as invincible as what they used to be. I mean, teams just aren't afraid of them uh, as what they were just two, three years ago. So, I mean, I kind of want to bet Ole Miss. I haven't gotten there yet. Have you bet this one? No, you know, and this is when, you know, look aheads were, you know, 13 and a half, 14. You see it open, you know, a lot shorter. And, you know, I like, I might think, you know, a strict number, but. You know, like, it, again, you're talking yourself into like, the Alabama, a lot of underwhelming performances, back-to-back road games, uh, now going into Old Miss, who's off a bye, who can run the ball, who's, I, I think their offense has been improving as the season goes, like, I, it, it just, I, I, I don't think, I, I agree with, I, like, part of me is like, you know, do I want to take the Old Miss here, and then the 11 and a half to 12, um, I don't. Th- I'm not going to find myself on Alabama in this game. I, t- I tell you what, it'll be a pass or nothing for me because um, I-, I can't with the pass way they're off. That's the same thing, buddy. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, no, yeah, pass, yeah, pass from Mississippi here on this because <laughs> I-, I can't. I-, I just I can't get to laying this number with with this Alabama team right now. Um, and so I just I, I, I can't get there. I know some people are going to you know depending on how you know if you're using priors on that and their model on that. I, I can't get there. So for me, it's it's probably one I'm just going to sit back and, and let uh, let go. I agree with Crest, man. 14, I'm I'm at Ole Miss there. Haven't gotten it. We'll see. It's a dead, you know, in that dead number situation. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see where it moves. F- 14 for me would be a take on Ole Miss. I, I, I don't know what the, I don't know what Alabama's frame of mind is. I, I'm old now, so I don't even pretend to get in the thought process of what a 20 year old is thinking like right now. So be interesting. <laughs> the offseason is going to be interesting for Alabama. Big game in the Pac-12, Washington and Oregon. Oregon's dominated the series. Uh, Oregon has dominated pretty much everybody they face since Georgia. They look like the best team in the Pac-12. They're laying a hefty number here. 
Uh, I watched Washington last week, wasn't overly impressed. In fact, they failed to cover five straight games, Washington. They're winning but not covering. But now they're getting a relatively healthy point spread here. I'm not involved. I mean, a little bit of early money's on Oregon here. I kind of understand that. Are you part of that early Oregon money? Uh, yeah, you know, a, a small play uh, at 12 uh, on the open of thinking it. But, again, now that – again, it's it's one – I thought it was thin uh, at 13 and a half, 13. I, you know, I wouldn't be uh, – I know I know our friends at Proline there with 11 and a half. Uh, you know, that would be a play hey, for me. friends uh, at Proline. <laughs> on, uh, on Oregon, <laughs> but – I still think it's last week. <laughs> you know how it moves. That time in Canada moves a little bit slower. <laughs> yeah. I just say, you know, like, it's a team that is just going to get dominated in the trenches on both sides. I agree with Washington's defense is really bad. Uh, I think Oregon will be able to do whatever they want. And on the flip side, you know, it's like Penix has to be, you know, like superhuman in some of these games uh, to yeah. be able to compete. And it's, you know, when you're going up against the Cals and the Arizona States and that, 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 I think you can you can trade blows. Um, I, I just I, I it's not a Washington team. I want to get if this cross fourteen, then then you know I just thought strictly numbers play. Would I would I then you know, you know say yeah you can get involved in Washington sure, but I think it's in a dead zone right now in terms of playing at either side. But um, I agree with you. I think Oregon Oregon I think you're a great shot to run the table, uh, and if they do run the table, then they're probably finding themselves uh, in the playoff. You think even with that loss to Georgia, that'd be bad for your Tennessee bet? Well, but I, I, I mean, I think they can both. I think they can both. You know, let's if Ohio State beats. So you're Michigan, saying the loser of the Ohio State Michigan game's out? I think so. I think. What and if then, Michigan loses and it's like a three point loss in overtime? I still think Tennessee's the much better Man, resume than what Michigan know. has. I, I mean, I you mean, got wins at LSU, Bama, Pitt, like. Michigan's second best win is is I mean let's say they don't beat Ohio State what what is their best win Penn State, Penn State. and then the second best win is That's Illinois true. maybe yeah they you're <laughs> it right. used to be uh, so, you're right yeah. they'll probably get punished and probably deservedly so for that non conference schedule this year and they listen a lot of great schedule. teams in the Mountain West Colorado State uh, you know <laughs> Hawaii hey hey there's no you know no easy hey. games in the Mountain West. Connecticut might be bowl eligible. Bowl <laughs> eligible. Probably next strength of schedule up for old Jimmy and the boys there. Unbelievable. That's sad. Should have scheduled somebody. So I, I get you win that argument. I, I, I hear you on that one. Uh, let's talk another big game. TCU, Texas. This is one I wanted. I anticipated Sunday morning. I'm going to be involved. I'm going to bet Texas. I want Texas. Even though, I mean, oh, my goodness. I had to sweat that Kansas State game. I mean, I – the only reason I'm not at Texas to the window yet is because, I mean, I don't trust Sark with a big lead. I, I could see Texas dominating this game, but then again, they were dominating last week again, and I had to sweat out a last possession against Kansas State, consistently blowing big leads year after year, game after game. I think TCU's a total fraud. The line's telling you that, that they're a touchdown underdog here. D- did you get involved? I mean, we haven't seen I thought it was a good opening number. I mean, it's seven. Circle open seven. We're sitting at seven. It's a big one of the biggest, if not the biggest game of the week, and hardly any line movement. I mean, that's telling you it's a pretty good number. Did, did you bet it yet? Nope, nothing. Out of, I I agree with you. You know, it's one that uh, you know you're hoping to get a you know a short Texas number and jump in. It's a good, and this is this is the time of year, week eleven, where you're, you're just not going to get a a lot of no you know off numbers or off numbers, and especially with you know uh, the sharper crews uh, in Vegas opening numbers nowadays, like. 
it's it's harder to find soft stuff uh, this late in the year. And I thought they opened it right. Um, gun to my head, would I lay the seven? Yeah, but I'm not. I probably won't have a position. It's one that uh, you know I'll obviously have it on the screen and probably look to trade it live because I think seven's fair. If you don't believe us, the numbers are tighter. Circus opening up sides ten grand a pop. <laughs> They're telling <laughs> yeah. you that hey, it's pretty tough to win. I mean, our 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 numbers are a little sharper than what they were just you know a month ago, yep. six weeks ago. Uh, I mean, I, I know that's more in your bankroll range. You're firing twenty of them at, at ten ten grand a pop, but uh, that, that's that's saying something to me that they they increased that 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 load there a little bit. Uh, yep. Any other games that you're looking at? I think a couple of interesting ones we'll get to. As far as lines, I'll mention them briefly here. Uh, LSU, only a three-point road favorite at Arkansas. I think it's priced in the flat spot. I will say this. Somebody must really not like me at Westgate because they're sitting at three and a half. I popped it. I took Arkansas plus three and a half. They popped it down to three. Somebody bet it right back up to three and a half. So they're taking a (laughs) position. Was that you taking a position against me or was that the, you know – uh, the, the boys there, uh, Murray and company taking a position against me because I'll take three and a half with Arkansas. I do expect LSU to be a little flat. I mean, that was one of their biggest, I mean, biggest wins since their national championship season, to say the least. Yeah, no, I, I, I would actually lean, lean with you there at the three and a half. I don't have some, I know, uh, you know, some guys that I, I bet with this morning were betting a little LSU, uh, you know, got down to, there were some two and a half around. Um, yeah. I don't have a, I don't have a position. I, I'm, I tend to agree with you. I think, uh, you know, like when you, when you factor in Arkansas, obviously they, you know, the lay down loss and against, uh, Liberty and then LSU big game by, you know, this is, again, this is one that, you know, is basically a look aheads around a pick, even, you know, minus one plus one there. Uh, and now crossing all the way over the three, um, I just can't get there. Maybe, and maybe this is one that I'm, I'm, you know, two down on, but I think you, when you're talking about, Night game, LSU, insane atmosphere to now noon game on the yeah. road at Arkansas. You know, it's one of those where where I think you know those those road games uh, or those night games at LSU are are kind of kind of famous for having uh, maybe maybe the best home field advantage in college football there. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit. Um, I think there's a, there's actually a smattering of three and a half out there, and I, I agree with you. That'd be a small play on Arkansas for me. Yeah, and I mean, just, you know, Arkansas first half might make sense, too. Uh, kind of a sleepy type start. Maybe first half under, too. Uh, a sleepy start. Maybe even for both teams, 11 o'clock low kick time there. Uh, another game I want to get to, not that I got a big play on it, but shows you that North Carolina is pretty overrated, that they're a three-and-a-half point underdog uh, to Wake Forest. Wake Forest team that I bet on last week, turnovers killed them again. Turnovers are the story. They're minus three again after being minus six the week before. So I'm, they're probably a little bit under the radar, but the market – this time of year is on top of it. I mean, I, I was expecting the line to be closer to pick. I thought I'd be laying it with Wake Forest. It's not. It's three and a half. I, I'm not touching it. Uh, did you uh, bet this one at all? Nope. Same story. Uh, you know what? thought I, again, this, this is TCU Texas all over again. Was hoping to get a, uh, a discounted Wake Forest number. Didn't get it. And can't, can't really get myself to, you know, it's a Wake Forest team that, again, you get, when you underperform so many games, or it just at some point you are who you are. So, um, you know, is this a game that, you know, a month or, you know, five weeks ago I would have told you that I, I think Wake Forest could run them out as a significantly better team yet? But, again, we, we get to these, you know, you get so many data points down week 11 where 
Wake Forest, Wake Forest just isn't as as good as I thought they could be. And again, they're you know their their performance against Clemson doesn't look as you know as impressive as it did. So, um, and it, it's a North Carolina team that they, what do we know they can do? They can score. So this is one yeah. that'll obviously be back and forth. Um, I, I would say if there's there's one matchup, I think that really can lead, like Wake Forest has, ground game has been has been consistent throughout the year. It's a weak point, North Carolina. North Carolina's got some injuries on the defensive front, so I would lean Wake Forest. Um, but it's one that I would have liked to play, you know, minus one, minus two, minus 130 money line. Well, now that across the three, um, nah, just just got a pass for me. Uh, oh, again, same thing. Uh, it'll be one I'll have on there. We'll try and get closer to a pick live. What's your thoughts on the total? I took a little piece under 78 and a half. Just, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 again, I'm with you because I think Wake Forest, again, going to try and run a lot, uh, you know, that which can lead to but. You know, so many things got – I know we saw – just saw SMU and Houston score, you know, 280 yeah. or whatever it was there. But for, for a total of the high 70s, so many things got to go right on the game script that, that you can't have, you know, red zone turnover, turnover, fumble. It just – things have to say so on script for those that I, that I agree. I thought the 78 and a half was, was a touch high. Um, and I, I would still even – circus at 77, it would be a little bit of a lean to the under for me. Uh, but I haven't actually played it yet. There might be a little bit of past history in there. The last two meetings between these two teams, I think, have gone over 100 points, each of them. So maybe there's a little bit of the reason. But I just play numbers. Numbers said take under there. I am gonna. I got a snarky comment here for Holt in the chat. How is Brian Kelly typically in these spots? I don't know because he didn't win big games in Notre Dame. He lost <laughs> them. That's why I can't stand the guy. He didn't win a lot of big games. I mean, what he did was he won every single game when he was a favored. I mean, the last four or five years, he just won every single game he should have. He didn't win too many games as a two-touchdown underdog in Notre Dame. I think he won one. It was against Oklahoma over 10 years ago. So I, I don't know what they're – they were flat after that game, I can tell you. They, they almost lost to BYU. Uh, they only won by three, could have lost the game. But he didn't win too many big games <laughs> in Notre Dame. So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I just – when you storm the field – and, I mean, you saw the emotion in his eye. I mean, he's basically crying in the post game. I mean, it meant a lot to him. Kudos for, for what he did. Uh, I'll tell you, man, I, I'm trying to get to some best bets here. Let me rapid fire ask you a couple games. Cincinnati, East Carolina. I knew we were going to hit this. Yeah, yeah. I knew we were going to hit this one. I'm, I know I'm going to be with you, and I know who's the quarterback who's going who's gonna to hurt me again, but it's going to be a double. Double? You're going? You're taking East Carolina? Yeah, yeah, you with that? Go ahead. Maybe I jumped no, the gun. I, I wanted your take. I mean, I wanted you to talk me out of Cincinnati. I think it seems short, but you like East Carolina here? I, you know, I played some on, on the open there. Circa, I get. I'm, I'm maybe I'm, I'm too. Again, this is I've been anti Cincinnati for a while. I, I think East Carolina's defense. Uh, does, does one thing particularly well uh, of kind of slowing down the run in that. And, you know, you get them in a good spot with Cincinnati here. I, again, I, I took some took some seven. Uh, I thought six, six and a half was fine. I'm not going to, again, it's not too widely of, and this fan will still have, is that an actual a, six and a half there? Is there a six there at Circa, it looks like? Yeah, I, I thought most of the board was six down. Six and a half the, at FanDuel? That looks like that's behind. I think most of the board. I mean, I see, I agree. I see yeah. four and a half in some spots. Yeah, I think uh, certain looking. I got Don Best up. Looks like Circa's around five. So, yeah. I, I was going to, you know, best bet this at, you know, like if we're at seven, six and a half in that. Um, but now that it's at, you know, four and a half, five, uh, I think it's, it's more shape right. But I, I honestly, I thought this was like 
I, I really thought this for me was around going to be around three and a half, four. So I thought I had a touchdown. It, it was good, and I'm I'm fine fading Cincinnati. It's 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 an Iska, but hey, yeah, my my record uh, backing East Carolina in the last three years is uh, is about as good as my record versus Casali on Friday show. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it'll be a it's a tough one for me, but I'm I'm on the Pirates here. I'm glad Holt brought it up and not me. Back to the Navy train against Notre Dame. I mean, I have the worst record of anybody when it comes to Notre Dame. I'll let you can talk on that one. I can tell you, I took Navy plus 17 and a half. I would still take Navy plus 17. Uh, if I just didn't get my ass kicked fading Notre Dame, I would say best bet, Navy. I mean, if you say it, I'm okay with it because I don't think the team can get margin. Marcus Freeman and the boys, they've they proven they can get up for big games. I don't know when it comes to somebody like Navy. Uh, what, what say you here? No, I'm, I'm I'm with you. I you know I wasn't gonna gonna get because I know this is you know open to, you know twenty and a half around there and it's kind of got kind of caught uh, most of the seam down. But I agree. I still I still you know like seven uh, seventeen and a half there. Uh, if you can find it, it's it's a navy team. I will say like part of the the cat they're like when you talk triple option and I know Navy's kind of been switching quarterbacks, but unless you have a guy like Malcolm Perry, usually. You, you know, you've got these triple option teams that have three, four, five guys that can run the system, um, and then that's what happened last week. They brought in a guy, and he was, he was fine. They're not going to throw it all over the yard, but um, I agree. This has been, you know, been traditionally uh, good spots to back, and again, it's a Notre Dame team that, that w- what is Navy's biggest weakness? What is it when the games that they've lost are not covered this year? It's when a team can throw it all around the park yeah. at them. That's not Notre Dame. And that's not, you know, it's come, obviously, spot coming off big clems in that. So, yeah, the, these are the type of games uh, and the type of styles that, that I think backing these slow triple option teams is a good play. So, I would agree. There's, you know, 17, 17 and a half out there. I think that's still playable. Brett in the chat says Circa uh, Colorado for the Bearcat game of six. I didn't know they had much different point spreads in different states. I don't even know, know why I'm doing these shows, just be driving around the country betting different <laughs> or having runners. I have little runners yeah. like you do in your massive syndicate in, in different states. I, I did not know that. that Cir- I mean, I knew that there was some different numbers. I didn't know Circuit was dealing with stuff like that. I agree, that. yeah. Uh, let me throw another game at you. So no best bet there. You're just a lean name, right? Yep. All right. Florida State Syracuse. Who do you like in that one? I don't have any. You know, difference in the market. Original money. I know this State. is yeah. This is one that's awesome buyback on Syracuse at seven this morning. I was wondering if you were part of that Syracuse buyback. I was not. I was not. I don't have any. Uh, I don't have any actually action on this one. And you know, to be honest with you, I didn't even really have a. I thought again, it's just kind of like a TCU technical game. We've thought like week eleven college football. I thought six and a half, seven was about right. So I wasn't, you know, like an inclination uh, to, to buy either side uh, right around there because I figured it'd fluctuate there. You got a play here? I, I, I think Florida State's underrated. I guess what's holding me back a little bit is that they were so dominant against Miami. I, I think this is a legitimate team. I, I really do. I think Syracuse just facing – I mean, how many tough games in a row can you play? NC State, Clemson, Notre Dame, Pittsburgh. Now Florida State, they don't have the depth. They've lost several defensive starters. Who knows who's going to be the quarterback? I can see Florida State going in there. You obviously don't have to worry about weather in the Dome. Just, you know, significant speed advantage. I mean, I kind of like we'll, – we'll talk a few more games, and I might come back to this one, and I'll rubber stamp it, but I, I'm more on the Florida State side here. Another ACC game I want to throw at you, Pitt-Virginia. Pitt's laying four 
seems short to me. What what, what do you got here? Because there was original money on Virginia. Were you uh, betting the fighting Tony Elliott's at plus six? You you think you think this guy was betting on Tony Elliott this year? No, uh, no. I tell you what, Tony. Uh, lucky UNC the under came in because I was actually uh bet some six and a half at post last week on UNC when when UVA was missing like the, their f- five best skill players and they still somehow you know a, a nice job Gene Chizik uh to, to you know let U- UVA backdoor with a bunch of walk-ons running out around out there uh so yeah at, at least they you know the one on one the under came home but yeah I'm no I again I agree with you I it's it would be pit or nothing for me. Um, I think the pit defense uh, would, would uh, you know, be able to, to basically control this game and what Virginia does. And I mean, the one standout position for Virginia this year has been their defensive line, uh, which has been good, which has a lot of the the plus advanced metrics. Um, but Pitt's a team for me that that I, I think would buy on here. I think UVA's got a couple of. Uh, you know, covers in a row here, so I'm I'm fine fading them again. I think this, I agree with you. I think this number's short. I thought it should be you know closer up there around the the six six and a half range. Fair enough. We might come back to that one. Let me throw this game at you. I gave this out on other shows. It's back up. Market originally agreed with me. They're saying that Brad Powers he sucks. Uh, I like Rutgers against Michigan State. I'm seeing ten and a half in the market. I'll take the hook. Are you kidding me? I mean, I Michigan State kudos. They got the cover. The outright win. They got outplayed. I mean, Illinois had four different drives inside the 40-yard line, come up with zero points. Rutgers, luck. I mean, Wimsat concerns me because of the turnovers, and that's what did him in. So, I mean, I that is the hang-up here, but they played Michigan pretty tough. A lot tough. I mean, if you because there's a lot of other big games on. I'm sure some of the people weren't watching it. They played Michigan pretty tough there for about 35 minutes. So, um, I just think defensively outside of the Michigan game, Rutgers has been pretty solid defensively. That would be, you know, talk me out of this one. No, you know what? I, I'm, again, from a number side of it, I, I'd lean that way. I haven't actually fired on, you know, it was one that actually yesterday got up to like the, you know, the 12s and, the, and I didn't fire on them. It was right 13. Just, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, kind of had some, uh, you know, some, some regret there, not playing it there uh, and just didn't, haven't fired on it since, but that that would be the only side I could play. I I will say that, and you and you nailed it there. I, I don't think Wimsett is ready to to be, to be a starter in in college. But I I've, I've actually I, one of my guys who I work with from Jersey. I was calling him, you know, Dewan Mathis Wimsett. Like I, I don't see it with him. Like I I mean I know it's early. I know he's young. Um, but I, I haven't seen any – they're not using – you are not utilizing him in the run. Like, they're not running RPO. He's not taking all – like, he right now he's just a bad pocket passer. Uh, and they're not really utilizing a lot of his skill set. I, I would actually – to be honest with you, I like backing – you know, I, I know I know Noah Vedro's not great. I like backing Rutgers a little bit better when I can get a known quantity, even if he's a subpar Big Ten quarterback, yeah. than, than the variance there. But, again, Greg Schiano – Good coach. They have a good staff there. They gave Michigan, you know, like uh, all they they're pulling stuttered onside kick, had a block punt that was good set up. Um, so I agree with you. I, I would Rutgers at you know ten and a half or better uh, would, would be the the lean for me. I'll rubber stamp it. I'll take it as a best bet as long as it's ten and a half, and I'm seeing ten and a half. In fact, they even see an eleven out there. I'll take ten and a half uh, Rutgers as a best bet. Do you have a best bet? I'm gonna go, and you know what, baby, I'm going to the Mountain West. Uh, my Joey K's conference, the Chris Pratt one that I, and I'll be again, you know, we get to week 11. It's hard to, to like, I took, and I, I can't believe this number was that I took New Mexico 
plus 24 uh, going to Air Force. I, 23's out there. I'm fine with 23. I, I'm, I'm being dead serious. I think they have a shot to win this game outright. Uh, when, uh, I'll give you the reasons. One, Rocky Longs are D.C. He's been yeah. has a career of being great against Yacht. He did it at San Diego State. He's done it at New Mexico. They kind of run, they don't run a triple option, but they run you know somewhat of a you know a rush based scheme that has some triple option concepts. So this is kind of a what I would compare it to like not academy versus academy, but very similar schemes. A lot of the same concepts you see in practice every day. So like you know I mean if you took any triple it doesn't matter. You took any military school and you played them against each other like. It's all like you usually over 10 is an auto bet, uh, you know, and now you're getting 23, 22 and a half in a game with a low total. 37 uh, and, the total. Yeah. And again, Air Force off of the Army game. Hazik Daniels was banged up at the end of that game. He was limping around um, and he took a lot of shots in that game. And it's, you know, again, New Mexico team that they I actually went through this. They, in their last three, you know, three of their four losses, they outgained Wyoming, they outgained Utah State, they outgained uh, Colorado State, and they lost all three by double digits. Even though they had more yardage, more yards per play. Yeah, I gotta tell you, it's I, I you know, I usually don't really like games like this this late in the season. I really like this one. Uh, I played twenty four, pretty big. I would still play twenty three. Um, uh, again, uh, uh, this is the best bet for me, and I'm, I'm not joking around. I think they I'll, – I'll have it in a money line round robin. I think they can potentially be in this game late. Totally agree. Couldn't agree more. I, I, I was gonna, That was going to be a game I actually gave it out on another show this morning. Um, the re, one of the reasons why I was not sitting there at 24, I apologize. But for everything you said is why I like New Mexico here, and – it's just not the yardage. I mean, I've watched these games. I had New Mexico on Saturday. They're winning outright against Utah State as a big dog at halftime. It's turnovers consistently. Yes, yes. Uh, final scores look not great. They threw a pick six in the final minute against UNLV. I was in attendance. They threw a pick six in the <laughs> final minute against Wyoming. I mean, dare I say they're one of the most underrated teams in the country. And I'm getting a huge number and a good spot. I got a matchup here where Rocky Long should know how to defend it. And we got Air Force that has not performed well as a big favorite this year. They've already lost twice outright as a big favorite. So I love it. That double best bet there, easily. Double best bet? I I mean, I usually don't. I'm not one of those like, oh, this line's 10 points. I think like I would bet this down to like 17 and a half that that that's how much like I, I mean I bet I love 24 I bet 23 I bet it down to 21 and not have any qualms about it uh, I would be shocked and again that's I would be shocked if they lost this game by four touchdowns like I, it seems to be like again it'd be one of those like multiple turnovers and that bad variance game like where it, it's just tough for uh, a team like Air Force to to get that kind of margin against a team that runs kind of the same scheme. So, yeah, this is one for me. Uh, I, I like this one. Well, I'm glad we're aligned there because uh, I like that one quite a bit. I love it. How many points do we need here for New Mexico? Matt, touchdown? Like, ten, ten, ten points. Seven. We got to win. Air Force going to score like forty. Like what? The <laughs> total thirty-seven in some play. Like I, I don't know. Can they score like? A field goal? Like, I, if they <laughs> score 10 points that don't cover, I would be absolutely – like, so, yeah, I just, I don't see a lot of scenarios where where, where they can't, like, 
they're not in position to, to cover this game or even be in this game. So, yeah, I don't know. This number is, is wild to me. Um, I, I I can't wait for, you know, eight New Mexico turnovers to, you know, it'd be, you know. That's the only hang-up again here is the turnovers. I've seen it constantly, but Mike. My goodness, I, I see signs. Again, I watched them in person against UNLV. They were up on double digits on UNLV. They just run out of gas. They don't have a lot of talent. But, man, I, I see I see that they're well coached. I'll put it that way. They're, they do lack some talent. Any sure. other again, games catching your yeah. eye here for best uh, No, and I, I, just to put a bow on, I know that they don't have great wide receiver talent. They don't have great no. skill position talent. Like, no. they are not a talent, but – it's They're one of those games like does do when Air Force plays Army or Navy, do those teams have great skill? But no, they don't. None of them do. They they just they run into each other for you know sixty minutes and bang their heads against each other. And that's that's kind of what I'm expecting here. And we're getting over three it. touchdowns. So yeah, that's uh that you know, I w- one I want to get your get your take on. I'm not gonna have a best bet here, but uh my boys Fresno, uh Mountain West I, I, I get Mountain West like crack for me. Uh going against UNLV. I faded UNLV last week um early. They they basically they got a bunch of guys back. The team looked much better. They played San Diego State pretty tight. Um where are you on the and now Fresno got their guys back two weeks ago, finally were and absolutely yeah. buried Hawaii. Um, where are you on this number? Were you that would you grab that eleven early at Circa? I see it's mostly nine and a half now. Been trading back and forth here around uh, ten. Nah, somebody beat me. I took ten. Somebody beat me, took the eleven. It was pretty competitive on Sunday. I was a little surprised because it wasn't very competitive at Circa the week prior. I mean, I just went through the whole board and bet what I needed to. This week, and I couldn't even get to the MAC games. Right at the top of the board, somebody's betting <laughs> into the totals already. Uh, 10, I just think UNLV is entirely different, but you could say the same for Fresno. I mean, I watch a lot of UNLV probably more than I should. I'll be in attendance, season tickets. I'm down in my final couple games. I'm not going to renew the tickets. Whoa! I'm going <laughs> to see a pretty season good game. in 10 years. You're not going to renew. I'm not. I just, I just, it's too much of a hassle. I, I've had season tickets for two years because, I mean, Allegiant is on. Have you been to Allegiant yet? I haven't. I've heard good things, though. Yeah, it's amazing. And the tickets are so cheap. So, to put in perspective, the tickets for the Raiders, same seats for the Raiders games would have cost me 28 grand. It cost me 500 bucks <laughs> for, for UNLV. So, I went to some UNLV games. Two years, I am yet to make a fourth quarter of a game. <laughs> so, I just I can't stay. I, I can only, I got a short window. Uh, I've left at halftime multiple times. I left after the first quarter of a game already. Uh, I think we're going to see a good game. So, yeah, I'm on the take here. I'll take 10. But you're, I think there could be value on both sides. Here's what I'll say, UNLV, after this game, those final two games, I think they roll it up on Nevada and Hawaii. They're just – I mean, they're going to have to to get the ball eligibility. Yeah. And there's going to be a sense of urgency. So, I lean with them here. I'm really going to like them the next two weeks. Fresno, I mean – with the healthy Jake Hayner, they might be the best team in the Mountain West. I mean, that that I mean, Boise's up there, but I mean Fresno's pretty freaking good the last couple of weeks, especially no, starting sure. with the fourth quarter against San Diego State. I uh, agree. I'm trying to think if there's any other. I mean, I totally agree with the two best bets we gave out. I just feel like we should give out another. Is there anything else catching your eye or no? Let me go through. I will. So, so I'll give you a matching tidbit here. Um, wow. Our our friends here uh, at the at the uh, the hammer of some info. I don't think Daquan Finn is going. And the early movement would tell you that uh, that I don't think Daquan Finn is going to play uh, for Toledo this week. However, 
this total has started to dip down under 50 here. Um, and, uh, you know, there's no weather in Toledo this week. Uh, you know, the Midwest, you know, can be a little, you know, November weather here can get a little tricky, but it doesn't look like anything's going to be a... I am, I, again, I haven't fired on it yet. Um, if I see a 49, I have to play the over uh, on a Toledo game. The backup quarterback looked better than I thought he would. Um, he did. They're, they're not going to change the pace in that. Um, so I, I know Finn's out. This is, again, this is the ones that uh, I'm... I'm on the the fence here of, of playing the over and actually some if this if I can get a ten um, I will probably play Toledo there so uh, yeah this is one for me that uh, I think is a little bit too aggressive of an adjustment um, on on Toledo without Finn. I like the over so I agree with you. If you said fire best bet I would because I've already fired at a at a worse number than what it is now. Hey, uh, you know what? Wait, wait, give it a baby. Like there's some forty nine and a halfs there. Lock it in. Best yeah. bet. I think this is dipped Best too far bet. down. Um, if you told me any Toledo game in the map was going to have a total under 50, uh, I would have told you, you, you that, that that would not have been true. But uh, here we are. And uh, so, listen, I know Finn is uh, obviously great for a Mac quarterback, but I don't Lacing think it's fine. He was originally at Georgia Tech. Hey, listen. I mean, hey, the guy, the guy, the kid can, the kid can play. But I don't know if uh, he, he can, he's he's deserving of this much, uh, this much respect here in terms of the adjustment. So yeah, let's let's play that over. All right, over. A couple questions I'll hit, and then we'll get out of here. Colorado sixty-five to one on the money line against SC. Yeah, I haven't seen too many higher money lines for a power five game. I think. A couple of years ago, Rutgers was what a fifty-point underdog against Ohio State. So I'm sure that one was, you know, if they po- even posted it, that one would have been significantly higher. But I mean, Colorado is terrible. Yeah, and I don't. That, yeah, you need a, a, a give me a, maybe six hundred fifty to one. I'll throw a few bucks on it. But no, I it's I think USC could win that game with Lincoln Riley at quarterback. Yeah. Uh, real quick trip in the chat: Caesars, Ohio State seven against Michigan. I'm my power raiders are going to say Ohio State there, but I don't know. My eye test says I'm worried that Michigan can out physical Ohio State. I mean, I'm worried about it. I mean, I have actually uh, throughout the year accumulated uh, in some of these look ahead markets uh, a pretty significant position on Michigan at anywhere from preseason 14 and a half to uh, even as a couple weeks ago, 10 and a half, 11 and a half. I think seven's right though. Like, I'm not, I, I, th- I thought the whole year the, the line should be around seven. Um, and now that that's probably right is about seven. So, uh, yeah, I would, I would, I think that's probably where it lands come game week. Agree. I think I'm, I'm, if I'm an Ohio state guy, I'm worried about Michigan. I just, I, I see some softness about Ohio state that would concern me. Uh, one more press man, Caleb Williams, seven to one to win the Heisman. We normally talk Heisman futures. Yeah. But, okay. Let's roll. get, Man, I don't know. I, I want to get your thoughts on this because I thought I was in a really good spot. Now I'm concerned that Stetson Bennett, Bo Nix, Dorian Thompson Robinson, I mean, any of those three guys win, I'm dead. I'm going to go over 12 in the highs when I thought I had a really good portfolio. I mean, I already have Caleb at 15 to 1. So sure, but I'm here to tell you, I think USC loses to UCLA. And if they yeah. don't, I think Notre Dame beats them. I think Notre Dame's a bad matchup for USC. Uh, I know maybe Notre Dame can't go score for score. I'm here to tell you they might not have to. USC's offense might not see the field. Notre Dame just runs, you know, but you know, triple option style, a bunch of seven, eight minute drives. So I, 
I'm not, I've already bet Caleb Williams. So yeah, sure. I hope he wins it, but I, I think they're going to lose a game or two uh, between UCLA and the Notre Dame games. Do you have any thoughts on that? No, I'm, I'm with, I think basically I, I lined it up when I was talking to Heismarker earlier where somebody says, I think Stroud's in the lead, you know, in the category yeah. here to where if he wins out, he probably wins it. The options below that are if Stroud loses Stetson Bennett, if they win out, Blake Corum, if they beat uh, Ohio State and he Good has a point. huge game, or uh, Caleb Williams, if they win out and he puts up keeps putting up video game numbers. So I think Hooker... Again, as much as I would love to see it with some so selfishly, I think he's in a he's he's kind of on the outside looking in now. So for me, it's probably Stroud. The other three options would be in some order: Corum, Bennett, or Caleb. Um, and it's very tough for me to see anybody outside of that uh, being able to, to to make a late run here. Uh, Nick again, Nick's and DTR. They're just they're in the Pac-12. They're already teams with losses. Like I don't. People don't like the most people that vote are on the East Coast. They're not watching, you know, Pac-12 after dark with Bo yeah. Nix, you know, putting up 500 yards with Cal. Like no one's seen that game. So when uh, are the votes due? Is it after Championship Week? Yeah, the Monday right after Championship Week. So that's why it's like if Bennett goes undefeated and has a big game versus LSU, can he sneak in there? Same thing where you know if Stroud beats Michigan and then, you know, has a huge game versus, you know, Illinois or Purdue. So I, I think those are, are probably the, the two options uh, unless Ohio State loses to Michigan. Tripp mentions Drake May. I mean, statistically, he's right there. I just don't know. I, I guess Next my thought process is I don't know. I'm not running the window to make a bet right now this week because it seems to change week after week. I, I, I'll be betting and trying to hedge off stuff as we get closer. You know, the final week of the regular season championship week. I'll probably make some moves there, but uh, not right now for me. Yeah, Maybe I want say- Stetson, first quarter of Oregon game. Kudos to Mickey Hill there. I did yeah, not I- bet Stetson Bennett. Did you bet Stetson Bennett to win the highest one? I have some Stetson Bennett, not a ton. There you go. Um, you know, so I would – but, again, I'm I'm not as – I'm not as bullish on the case as, uh, you know, some people. Unfortunately, I, you know, somebody I know uh, bet a huge number in the summer. I trolled him for six months, and so I'd uh, – basically emotionally had some Bennett, so I didn't, uh, you know, get, get get buried there. But, yeah, I bet some Stetson um, at a few different prices, but um, I'm, I'm still – I think it would still surprise – I just think unless Stroud loses to Michigan, uh, people are going to default vote for him. Good point. And that will close out the points. We'll finish on a high note here. He is the man, the myth, the legend, Joey Kanish. I'm Brad Powers. We just hit the books part of the Hammer Betting Network. Talk to you next week. Good stuff.